Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the trying not to get embarrassed to Shaquille O'Neal eating spicy things, Eric Silver. How's it going? Good. We are blessed with a hot ones that is not about a random rapper who I have never heard of, Mm -hmm. but our good friend and father, Shaquille O'Neal. Hot ones? (sighs) I have hot takes about it. Just like the wings. I think that Mm -hmm. the research team is extremely good on hot ones Mm -hmm. and guests are extremely good. Yes, I will say that so that I don't say (laughs) anything negative about anything else of it. So we are here to discuss a plethora of fun things and we have a guest that's going to be talking about fun things with us for which I am very excited. But before we get to that, we got to get ready. Obviously, we got to put on our clothes and our compression tights and our knee pads in a segment that we like to call the locker room. I have a big Velcro strap on my knee pads. <laughs> Did you know, I learned this from Helen Zaltzman, that Velcro is a portmanteau of velvet crochet? I did know that. Crazy. But I learned it from Helen Zaltzman. Oh, there it is. There it is. There, there it is. is. <laughs> Thank you, Helen Zaltzman, for blowing our minds with words. Mike, you know who also blows our minds? Our new patrons. Our new patrons. Yay. Our newest patrons are Haley Hastings, Jocelyn Ramos, Clay Thompson's dog, Rocco. Shout out to Rocco. Mm-hmm. Megan Stursa. Rachel Kelly, and Shane Collins, who are joining the producer-level patrons, Teal, Misha Stanton, Brianne Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, and Akano, who can get in a photo with Shaquille O'Neal, and it doesn't look too weird that he's much bigger than they are, and it's a very good Instagram, and they put it up. They probably do the Tom Cruise thing. Oh, that's true. They get shot <laughs> from below. If you shoot from below, you look as tall as Shaquille O'Neal. Or if you just stand on boxes. <laughs> like <laughs> 10 apple boxes on top of each other. Mike, it's March. Uh-huh. And you know what my favorite part of March is? Watching 19-year-olds miss long two-pointers. Exactly, because I love March Madness. <laughs> I know they do shoot poorly, Mm -hmm. but I do like winning money. And Mm -hmm. that's where our sponsor can come in, my bookie. Whether you like just filling out a bracket for fun or actually trying to pick up a national championship, you can actually win money with my bookie. It's good to have some sort of incentive to watch these games because if you're trying to watch them for enjoyment, it's not going to be there because they're not good at the sport. I'm excited to see Zion Williamson, future number one pick and exciting NBA player, like have stakes and like tear up all of these bad players. I'm just excited to see him in a Knicks uniform in a year. I'm I'm excited for you to see them in your dreams when he becomes an Atlanta Hawk. Uh, uh. <laughs> Trey Young, Zion Williamson, friends forever. You know, Mike, even if you don't know the answers, I know that you don't like college, so you might not know the answers. To I this. like college. I <laughs> do not like, like college <laughs> basketball, although I am heavily invested in the women's bracket this year because for the first time, Rice's women's team made it to the NCAA tournament. So I will be heavily invested in that. But this is another reason why my bookie is good is if you don't give a shit about any of these games because your school isn't there, now you can bet on them and have a reason to root for a team. And my bookie gives you money pretty fast, like within 48 hours, Mm -hmm. which is not as much you would get from a regular bookie who exists somewhere in fantasy. I'm going to say Atlantic City. Sure. You have to go all the way to New Jersey to bet. Now, Mm -hmm. my bookie, palm your hand. And you'll get the money quick, which is good because then you can spend it on responsible things like tickets to an NBA game. (laughs) 
before the season ends in April. You can deposit with my bookie today with promo code HORSE for 50% sign-up bonus. Mm. That's 50% more than when you put in. That's pretty That's dope. That's how math works. I don't know math like you do. I love math. And that sounds like some good math to me. And if you love math, you'll know 50% sign-up bonus if you use the promo code HORSE. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. And you use that money on NBA things. And you <laughs> are invested in the NBA. <laughs> I just thought something funny. We keep for our locker room, it's just alcohol and gambling. <laughs> So it's like uh, the NBA no, in the 1980s. And, and charity. Tap and for charity. A so 1980s NBA. <laughs> that's pretty good. So now that we're all ready to rock, let's get into our first segment, which we like to call Full Court Press. Get it like the news? Oh, I just got a notification on my phone that said Full Court Press is like news. Nice. Yeah, so there, I'm informed. Technology. So we are going to talk about something that was a bit heated and not as much fun, but did have a good ending. So it's <laughs> very good. <laughs> Russell Westbrook has a history of getting into heated exchanges with fans in Utah, and the entire NBA has had this problem. Utah is notoriously a bad place for fan and player interactions. Part of that problem is that where the Utah Jazz play, the stands are really close to the court, so it's very easy for people Mm -hmm. to get all up in the player's grill. The other problem is that Utah is not the most diverse, so they might not be the most appreciative of other cultures. That was a very kind way to say that. I think if you look at the stats, at the data, it might reveal that Utah is homogeneous in this way. Mm -hmm. We're just looking at stats. It's Mm -hmm. not us. So Russ has gotten into some heated arguments with jazz fans before, and this week was no different. So he was on the sidelines with some wraps around his knees, and there was a video that went viral of him yelling at a fan in the stands, saying that he was going to F him up, Him and his wife, too, went on pretty long, but basically he was yelling at this fan saying to shut up, sit down, or I will F your S up. Who even knows what those letters could mean? No one can tell. Fudge your seat. (laughs) You could fudge your seat right there. And then you're sitting in fudge. Which is bad, Mm -hmm. which is why he yelled at him. (laughs) Exactly. So then it became this whole thing about what did the fans say? They interviewed the fan after the game, and he said that all he told Russ to do is go back to icing his knees, which was not true, not true at all. Both Russell Westbrook's teammates and the people sitting around this dude said that what this man said to him was, quote, get down on your knees like you used to, which is (gasps) super racist. And... Probably homophobic, probably just terrible. Or just not all good at all. Ways. Just a bad thing. I don't to yell. trust this guy. I obviously for reasons because he definitely said terrible things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you saw the interview, but oh, he I was did. like was he was so shifty, like a way you are when you're obviously lying. And he mm-hmm. did the thing which makes you look credible, where he was just like, Oh yeah, this is my wife. She had never been to an NBA game before, and she is five foot tall. Well, yeah, like Russ is going to jump into the stands and beat up him and his wife Mm-mm. because he said terrible things. Let's not talk about the terrible thing he said. My wife is right here. It's this nasty thing of using the fact that there was a woman with you as like a shield, and it which is why out, he's obviously lying. Yeah. And what turned out is that the wife also yelled bad things. <laughs> I also I also like the height justification of like, oh, she's only five feet tall. She couldn't yell racist things. You have to be tall to be racist. She's never been to an NBA game before. If you don't know the rules, can't be racist. <laughs> yeah. Not great. What was very well done by the staff at the game is that they didn't let the media interview Russell Westbrook about this altercation. Russ was allowed to give a statement, and that was it, which I think is a great way to handle it. He basically just reiterated that he doesn't actually support physical violence, especially Mm -hmm. against a woman, and he's never had a history of doing that. His exact quote ended with, the realization of it is how it started was a young man and his wife in the stands told me to get down on my knees like he used to. To me, that's just completely disrespectful. To me, I think it's racial, and I think it's inappropriate. I think that's really clear. Russ gets so much crap thrown at him. So much. Like, notoriously, I can think of two examples came to me just, like, right off the fly. One, like, a week or two ago, a kid touched him Mm -hmm. while he was throwing the ball in, and then he was, like, to the dad, like, hey, can your kid not touch me while I'm doing my job? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the dad was like, man, I'm in courtside. Mm-hmm. And the other one, there's that gif going around where a Philly fan gives him a double middle finger and yep. yells fuck you at mm-hmm. him. And Russ is just like, this guy over here. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's someone who flies off the handle. 
he's very cool. So if he's going to snap, I think that it was justified in this way. Not that it's justified to yell at someone when you're doing your job, but it makes sense that he would say he snapped because this fan said terrible, terrible things to me. Right. So it's not great. And it's becoming more and more of an issue where fans are crossing the line and not treating these NBA players like humans. And thankfully, the league is starting to address it. And thankfully, the Utah Jazz handled this well. They kicked this dude and his wife out and have banned them from any future Utah Jazz game, which Mm -hmm. is a great action to be taken. Russell Westbrook, unfortunately, got fined $25,000 for yelling mean things at a fan, which is just standard practice. But Utah Jazz fans started a GoFundMe to raise $25,000 in order to donate to the human rights campaign in Russell Westbrook's name. Love that. Be a human. Treat these people like humans. Just because you paid money to watch people do something doesn't mean you get to just be a garbage person. You don't you don't have the right to do this and treat them like they're zoo animals. I appreciate that the jazz banned this guy. Yeah, I love fans getting banned. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that the most that's the most gut punch thing you can do that the thing you love the most that you spend money on that you're a fan of Mm -hmm. no longer thinks your conduct is appropriate. And then you're not allowed to participate in the thing you love because you suck. I wish that you could ban people from downloading your podcast because there's someone <laughs> yeah there's someone today on twitter that was talking shit about one of my potterless guests and i don't want him to listen to my podcast anymore i would not like that person to support me in any way shape or form i don't want to be associated with this human being you just hack the rss feed just something where it's like this dude's ip here's his phone here's his laptop no downloads that would that kind of if it wasn't so one side i mean that's what rss feeds are good about podcasts but i wish <laughs> i wish man there is so much joy in blocking someone on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've never felt this much like relief that I don't have to talk here about anything. It's real good. When the photos from our live show came out, some like French dude said like a bunch of shit. Like, oh, about I didn't my body. see this. And like twice I was like drinking rosé out of a glass and he's just like, oh, you look so skinny with that rosé in your glass. Oh, ha, ha, ha. He was French. Okay, he was so he ended French. every sentence. With, and then I just ha, ha, blocked him because like, fuck you. Yeah, honestly, just fuck you. It's a way to do it. But if you want to see good things about Russell Westbrook being very silly, very happy, I had a whole tweet thread of things today, which I'm titling <laughs> if you don't love Russell Westbrook, you are wrong and it's just a lot of things so go check out horse underscore hoops on twitter and see us tweeting very good things such as russell westbrook doing a shimmy dance after hitting a very clutch three-pointer that's true and we'll block you because like if you're terrible (laughs) we'll do it you can't get our good tweets anymore i'm sorry (sighs) time out it's present mike here with an update on this story since recording the next time the jazz had a home game gail miller the owner of the jazz took center court before the game began and read a statement stressing that they don't support the behavior of this fan and they don't want anyone else to act like him. They really want to stress respecting the players both on the Jazz and against the Jazz. It was a great statement. I'm very glad she did it. Also, the NBA sent a memo out to every other team warning them that this type of behavior is completely unacceptable and stressing to them the importance of reiterating this to their fans before games, during halftime, whatever it is. So it seems like the league is really taking on the initiative to make sure that the players are being respected and i'm so happy about it so eric we needed someone to brighten the mood after talking about racist people in the opening section of this episode of course i love our basketball podcast (laughs) so we have brought in lovely human being that was part of our live show in seattle a great person that you might know from Welcome to Night Vale and other podcasts. He is quoted as saying that there are only two good sports podcasts, ESPN 30 for 30 and us, <laughs> which I'm going to write on my grave. It's Jeffrey Craner. Jeffrey, how's it going? Good, Mike. Eric, hi. How are you? Thank you so much for coming. You're our first guest. Yeah. Oh, I think really? It was only fitting. Yes, yes, you are. This is only fitting because when we were talking about everything we wanted to do for the live show, you sent me this like long email, and I'm like, oh, we need to talk about this with a microphone, a real microphone. <laughs> it was like when people make the welcome to my TED Talk meme tweet, except you really welcomed us to your TED Talk. And I'm excited to now have this TED Talk on horse to take our segment of that actually happened, which will basically be Jeffrey did a lot of work that actually happened. And I'm very excited <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> I live rurally, so I end up doing a lot of things like shoveling snow and mowing lawns. 
so I get a lot of time to listen to horse and think about basketball. So I've been putting this together in my head for a little while. So when you invited me to Seattle, I immediately just had like 800 words that I had to email you right away. Um, so I'm glad we have a chance to use them. <laughs> yeah, we've buried the lead quite a bit. So Jeffrey, why don't you tell the lovely listeners what you've put forth for us today? Okay, so a couple months ago, there was this rumor that the Suns wanted to leave Phoenix and maybe move to Seattle. And so the very idea of the Seattle Suns got me thinking about team nicknames, particularly bad team nicknames. Like the NBA might be the worst league in terms of the number of bad nicknames, mostly because Ooh. of relocation and sometimes because of bad decisions. Can I say, though, that hockey is super whack and the Wild and the Blue Jackets are bad. <laughs> Agreed, as well as the Lightning. Uh, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. The Dallas Stars is very confusing, but I don't consider hockey a sport. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't count it. Um, Wait, hold on. I have to call Nick Qual right now. <laughs> Nick, uh, stop. We're, stop writing Hot Pot. I got breaking news. No, I don't <laughs> want him to cancel my show. <laughs> Anyways, of that idea, I thought, of course, like the most notable that come up in terms of the bad nicknames in the NBA are like the LA Lakers. There's no real notable lakes here in LA. Uh, the LA Clippers are particularly bad because LA is not a port city. It has no naval history. The Memphis Grizzlies, there's no brown bears anywhere in the middle of America. The Utah Damn. Jazz, of course. The Cleveland Cavaliers, because Cavaliers is a terrible name, and they were only being alliterative. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors is a terrible name, because they let the citizens decide it. Oh, we've discussed this. I do love the Raptors, because it encapsulates the 90s in a way that I appreciate so much. I appreciate that they named a basketball team after a children's film, but it was... Uh... <laughs> it's better than the Toronto Zaboombafoos, so honestly. Right. I'd be on board. <laughs> I think about nicknames ever since I was a kid. I love a good team nickname. And like my nickname manifesto has only one bullet point, And that I think a team name should directly reflect the personality or history of the city. I'm really excited because my favorite team, the Knicks, their nickname, liter their nickname literally is just like the New York New Yorkers is what it translates to. The New York, hey, I'm walking here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Knicks are a great name, and the Houston Rockets are a great name because of NASA. Those things are great. I thought, you know, we could definitely go through all the bad nicknames in the NBA and just change them, but I thought that wouldn't be as fun as one of my favorite things about the NBA are trades. So mm, I proposed yeah. a multi-team nickname trade in the NBA yes. based on the idea of the Phoenix Suns moving to Seattle. This is a 14-team trade. And I want yes. you to keep in mind, as you're listening to this proposal of mine, there are going to be teams that you're like, no, that's my team, and they're getting screwed on this nickname trade. But I will <laughs> remind you that the Milwaukee Bucks once traded Robert Tractor Trailer for Dirk Nowitzki. So <laughs> not every team comes out on top in a trade. So I apologize in advance. The Bucks have goofed a lot. We've talked about them making bad trades multiple times. That's Because they also traded Ray Allen for, like, old Gary Payton. <laughs> <laughs> the fingerless glove. Uh, <laughs> hey. hey! It's okay. Hey. They have Giannis now, so it's all good. That's true. And uh, the Bucks, not a bad nickname, given the hunting tradition up in that part of the world. I also want to note that the Bucks last week made the avocados from Mexico the official avocado of the Milwaukee Bucks, just in case anyone was concerned that another avocado company was going to swoop in. I bet Canada is mad not to get on the avocado thing. I would like a Canadian avocado someday. <laughs> Everyone knows that Alberta is the avocado center, the heart, <laughs> the pit in the heart of Canada. What a perfect segue because we've renamed the Toronto Raptors the Toronto Avocado. There it is. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we will get to how we fix the Toronto team name in just a moment, possibly at the expense of people's favorites. So let's start with the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies doesn't fit in Memphis. So my first trade, the Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis will trade the name the Grizzlies up to the Pacific Northwest, which is the only place in the NBA you might actually see a brown bear. So Portland becomes the Portland Grizzlies. Right. This may sound a shame because the Trailblazers is a perfect name for Portland, what with the Oregon Trail and all. But it also evokes manifest destiny, which is super problematic. Right. So Trailblazer <laughs> can also mean a person who blazes a trail in any field or career, for instance. So Portland trades the Trailblazers to Golden State, 
who is moving to San Francisco. They are the team of Silicon Ooh. Valley. They are technological trailblazers. The Golden State oh. Trailblazers. Listen, the Warriors need to do a full rebrand if they're just going to be like, hey, Oakland, bye. Yeah. I don't care about the socioeconomic ramifications of mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And they're just going to go to San Francisco. I love that. The one thing to put into perspective, I'm always going to be trying to justify, the the Memphis Grizzlies used to be in Vancouver. So their name used to be the Vancouver Grizzlies, which makes a lot of sense. And they had very good jerseys. I think I'm going to buy a Sharif oh. Abdurrahim Grizzlies jersey because they were fire you're not going to get a big country jersey it's either going to be a jason williams one or abdul rahim i just remember i had a basketball video game in 1998 that had an announcer that <laughs> said names very loudly and boisterously if you dunked it and when sharif abdul rahim dunked it it would go sharif abdul rahim and it was very good <laughs> that's an excellent name to have if somebody's going to shout it after a dunk yes i hope the portland trailblazers get the vancouver grizzlies colors back so then the portland trailblazers will be like mint green and mm. brown again mm-hmm. oh that'd be beautiful that. i would love that it's very northwest it yeah. is shout out to whoever did the vancouver grizzlies branding they were perfect it's a shame that they got moved uh, Yo, shout out to vancouver which is the second best avocado place again <laughs> right sure so golden state now with their new name they are going to trade the name the warriors to the only place that truly deserves that name which is brooklyn the Warriors okay, yeah. is yeah. the most 1979 and the most Brooklyn film of all time. Yeah. There is Warriors. no better name for a Brooklyn franchise. It is the Brooklyn Warriors. I am really excited to see what city gets stuck with the fucking Nets, which is the <laughs> worst name in the entire league. I love just naming it after a piece of sports equipment. My favorite football team is the goalposts. Right. They did the bit. We have the uh, New York Mets, the New York Jets, and the New York Nets. All of which are really bad which at are their sports. Really, really terrible um my thought was this like it seems like we should eliminate the name nets altogether but hear me out are we bringing back swamp dragons from the depths of no almost was but swamp (laughs) dragons is great but what i'm proposing is sacramento is a town that really has nothing but its sports team and when that sports team is good they're very excited about that so i thought why not focus the town's attention specifically around the court itself the sacramento nets and you can imagine the marketing especially with this current roster imagine a photo of buddy healed and the slogan it's nothing but the nets sacramento that's, nets that's very good that is good because what else do you do in sacramento but you Besides go see the nets l- some people absurdly i knew this when i lived in the bay it's becoming a thing where people will like live in Sacramento and commute an hour and a half into San Francisco because it's too expensive to live anywhere in the Bay now. An hour and a half commute. I mean, welcome to Long Island. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that's the entire Mets fan base. I don't know what else you need. When I lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, it took me an hour and a half to get to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So I feel like this is a thing. That's Oof. fine. Sacramento now are the Nets. So they are going to trade the name The Kings. And I'm going to paraphrase coming to America here. Sacramento sends The Kings to the best place for kings, the Queen City of Charlotte. Ah, yeah, nice. That's good. That's very That's good. smart. And you could even bring back, if we wanted to, this is my one exception to we're not changing names, but the kings used to be the royals. So you could then right. have yes. the Charlotte Royals oh, at that point. I think that's valid. I think yeah. that is very valid. And then the Royals, the Kansas City Royals, could go back to being the monarchs. Perfect. And then everyone can get their shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlotte then trades the Hornets to Utah. Utah, as we know, is the beehive state. And you can give them the hornets and all that hive imagery that the hornets currently use on their court and on their uniforms. Plus, Utah fans are particularly annoying. So it's a perfect fit for the Utah Hornets. Jeffrey, we didn't even tell you, but we kind of alluded to it. The full court press we did was about how that one jazz fan said racist stuff to Russ. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you've done it. You've bridged the gap. I like the argument that I heard of like, I listened to sports radio for some reason, and I heard somebody make the argument of like, that wasn't racist, it was homophobic. And I'm like, oh, great. All right. Well, then never mind. It's fine. <laughs> see, what see, is, uh, I said, see, I said that because I also thought it was homophobic, and then we were both like, no, it's just terrible. It's right. whatever it is. It's very bad. It, it's bad for some reason, or it's both bad. Right. So then, since there's no jazz in Utah, obviously Utah is going to trade that name away to a city that I think is really well-known but maybe underrated by the mass public for its musical history, and we get the Memphis Jazz. 
Okay, I'm yes. glad you said that for multiple reasons. One, Memphis, great music city. And also, if you brought jazz back to New Orleans where it originated, and that's why the Utah Jazz are the jazz, they used to be the New Orleans Jazz, and then they got moved, and then the ownership was like, yeah, that sounds fine. Then you would have had to give Pelicans to someone else, and it's the state bird of Louisiana, and it wouldn't be good anywhere else. No, and I really like the Pelicans. I think that's a great name. I was really happy that they went with that. Pelican, underrated, fierce bird. Very fierce. Yeah, I mean, terrifying. Very large. Can swallow a baby, probably. And <laughs> I was only sad that Pelicans... That sounds like a Night Vale plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Large bird can swallow a baby. <laughs> Brought to you by Walmart. <laughs> so I think this is where we get into a little bit of controversy. Good. It's where we live here. Great. Since Phoenix in this hypothetical is moving to Seattle, they can't keep the name the Suns. So I think Phoenix trades the Suns to the LA Clippers. So Ooh, you would have the okay. Los Angeles Suns. And I think this might be the biggest winner of this whole trade. Los Angeles Suns, I mm-hmm. think, is super ideal. I'm in Los Angeles yeah. right now, and it's very sunny, and I love it. <laughs> local local weather correspondent. <laughs> yes, thank you. Jeffrey Crater. <laughs> Jeffrey Crater. Welcome to Los Angeles. It's sunny here. And I love it. So Los Angeles. I, I know that. Wait, I know that show. It's called Entourage. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. no. So Los Angeles then is going to have to trade the name the Clippers. This gets a little dicey here, but they're going to trade the Clippers to Philadelphia, which is a Whoa. Hang with me here. This is a city with an actual naval history, specifically fitting the early 19th century Clipper ships that they're named after. So you would have the Philadelphia Clippers. And I know this is tough because the 76ers is perhaps the best team name in terms of city identification. But right. it's so often shortened to just the Sixers. And so we kind of lose that history in the truncation. So my proposal is then Philadelphia trades the name the Sixers to a city that calls itself the Six. The Six. Whoa. Whoa. And we have the Toronto Sixers. Oh. Wow. I also like that it's not even in America. <laughs> it's perfect. Toronto is now the Sixers, the Toronto Sixers. Drake is doing backflips. I just love the I love the propaganda that needs to happen here. That is like it was always Drake. Like we did not It was never America. I don't know what you're talking about. And of all the teams that need their own identity, Toronto does because they're the one Canadian team in this league. So they mm-hmm. are kind of always that outsider. I really would love it if they dug deep into their local or national history to get their name. So now we have the Raptors, which, as I mentioned earlier, were named after a kid's movie, which is silly. Um, And it's hard to figure out where the Raptors really fit. It's almost like they don't fit anywhere except Hollywood. It's named after a film. And the most Hollywood franchise in all of sports is the Los Angeles Lakers. So now we have the Los Angeles Raptors. And suddenly Steven Spielberg replaces Jack Nicholson courtside. Better. We've done so much better. Listen, dude needs to retire. Yeah. (laughs) He's very good. So now, since they've now become the Raptors, they've got to trade away the Lakers because they are not known for their lakes. Hey, you know where there's a lake? A giant lake? Even a great lake? Cleveland. L.A. trades the name the Lakers to Lake Erie. Cleveland is now the Cleveland Lakers. I like that. Very LeBron-esque. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Now, and then LeBron will get confused and come back <laughs> to Cleveland. And then he'll say, I'm not going to leave again again, I promise. <laughs> yeah, the downside for Cleveland is they have to take LeBron as well. <laughs> so now we have the Cavaliers. Cleveland has to trade that somewhere. It's a terrible name, as I mentioned earlier, because <laughs> I think they only named Cleveland that because it was alliterative. But also, cavalier in and of itself means arrogantly lazy or dismissive. And that's Uh a really bad name for a team. Yo, shout out J.R. Smith. There's (laughs) there's one place where Cavaliers works, and that's in the District of Columbia. Thanks, Dad, for the funny political joke. (laughs) I'm wrapped right now. I'm just like, where is he going to go next? And so, boom, we have the Washington Cavaliers. Wow. And finally, good. we're left with the name The Wizards, which is sort mm-hmm. of a meaningless name that I felt right. like a panic name change years ago when they didn't want the bullets anymore because violence. Um, mm-hmm. So the Wizards doesn't really feel like it connects to any city Mm-mm. because Wizards don't live in any city. But you know right. where actually they the live Wizards in our does hearts. live, which is in Oz. <laughs> 
in the Emerald City, Emerald City, oh. Seattle, the Seattle Wizards. Oh. And outside the stadium, you can put a yellow brick road, and you can have a flying dunking monkey mascot, and we have emerald and yellow color scheme evoking the tradition set by the Supersonics. Oh my goodness. Done and done. And all of the vendors are on the gold standard. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeffrey, you've done it. That was wild. I do like that we still need to move the Phoenix Suns to Seattle, though. <laughs> yeah, well, once they do that, I I hope your father, Adam Silver, <laughs> takes this into consideration. Listen, I got to talk to my vampire dad and see what he's doing. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and just, like, really try to convince him to do it. Because I, I have this podcast, right? <laughs> it's about your sport, how we're close. And uh, <laughs> my friend who came on, he has a really good idea. So, yeah, that's a 14-team NBA nickname trade proposal. And I think, in the end, most every NBA team will be happy, except maybe the Timberwolves, because I couldn't figure out what to do with that. That name sucks. But I guess sort of tough shit. So I'm going to give you just the list of the 14 teams with their new names going down now. Yeah, great. So we have the Memphis Jazz. We have the Portland Grizzlies. We have the Golden State Trailblazers. We have the Brooklyn Warriors. We have the Sacramento Nets. We have the Charlotte Royals or Kings. We have the Utah Hornets. Then we have the Los Angeles Suns, formerly the Clippers. We have the Philadelphia Clippers. We have the Toronto Sixers. We have the Los Angeles Raptors, formerly Lakers. We have the Cleveland Lakers now. We have the Washington Cavaliers. And we have the Seattle Wizards. I love it. I love it so much. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I like hearing it back. That makes so much sense. Like the fact that you even put any effort into it, me like shows that you put in more effort than anyone has ever done for their actual team name. I thank you. I'm trying to figure out who's like really mad. Who is like Knicks fan mad about this trade? I hmm. think Sacramento is mad because yeah. they yeah. hate everything. Uh-huh. You were talking about the ad campaign. I was th- and you were like, think of Buddy Heald. And I'm like, you're gonna throw a net over Buddy Heald? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Buddy Heald in a net, and it's like, catch the fever. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I don't I wasn't sure what else to do with that name though, without breaking the rule of changing names. Nah, you, I mean, someone's got to get stuck with it. Yeah, Someone has to be the Nets. Yeah. One other thought that I had, but it kind of wrecks the kind of the perfect structure of how one name moves from team to team. But I did realize kind of as I was writing this up that I'm sort of wrong about the Wizards only fitting in in Seattle. The other place they could is Golden State because of Menlo Park, because you have the Thomas Edison right. thing. But I mm. think it's also problematic because I think that guy like electrocuted dogs. Uh, for he elephants. electrocuted elephants and he it, stole stuff from Nikola Tesla. Yeah. So what if they then became the Golden State Teslas? Uh, I don't like Elon Musk either. <laughs> I don't like him either. That's where we're reclaiming it. Elon Musk has a giant meltdown as he smokes large dupes, mm-hmm. and we just reclaim Tesla for the Golden State. Could be it. Maybe the Golden State basketball franchise could just buy Tesla from him, and then we just eliminated all of it together. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. But then you can't have great moments like trying to make his share price for his IPO 420 to impress his girlfriend. <laughs> right, right. Sick. That's a real thing that is in an SEC document. Oh, my oh, God. Cool, 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 I think the Lakers are also upset getting the Raptors because that's still sort of silly, but I feel like we could make it up to them by having Steven Spielberg start showing up. I wonder if there's another movie, like movie reference we could replace. Like, what are the LA King Kongs, the LA Godzillas. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think of like the big hit movies from the past several years, right? Because you could, I mean, the L.A. Black Panthers would be awesome. And a lot of things to say. I about really that. like the L.A. Three billboards outside of Evans, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be really good. It just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Can we uh, listen? I think that the Academy in repentance for giving Crash an Oscar needs to make it the L.A. Crash, <laughs> which would have great art and would teach everyone a little bit about racism i mean that's happening this year metaphorically they just yeah, didn't slap it on their jerseys yay dad <laughs> <laughs> so i i have a question so i was looking at the other teams that were left untouched and i think it's perfect it's all ones that make sense do you have a current nba team city lineup do you have a city where you're like yes this makes perfect sense and i'm so glad this is the team name yeah i've always loved the New York Knicks. I thought that was great. Uh, Indiana Pacers is a great example. I think the one that I really love, because it's sort of subtle, but I love the Chicago Bulls. 
because I like the pairing of the Bulls to the Bears and in honoring the Chicago Stock Exchange, which no one knows about except people who watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But I really love the fact that they have the Bears and the Bulls in the same time. I think that's a really great, like, citywide unity thing, the way Pittsburgh, even though they don't have an NBA franchise, their other three major sports teams all use the same color palette, which I think is also awesome. Yeah, the color palette thing is really good. New York kind of did that because the New York state flag is blue, white, and orange. So there's a couple teams that have that one. New York basically either does red, white, and blue or blue, white, and orange. And then the Jets are green. Uh, The Jets have a lot of problems. (laughs) The Jets only work, in my mind, if the other football team was the Sharks. Very good. Yeah. They have to snap at each other before every game. (laughs) It's like their version of the Haka from the New Zealand. (laughs) 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 And they they sing Dear Officer Krupke before every game. That's how they hype themselves up. I mean, they could even name that game like the Maria Bowl or something. Yeah, uh, that'd be perfect. I would love it so much. Oh, wow. Well, speaking of perfect, I was expecting great things and this somehow exceeded them. This was so much fun, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for putting this together and brightening our day. I'm just so glad this exists and we have it in recorded format and I can listen to it whenever I'm sad. You guys brightened my already bright LA day. So I thank you guys so much for having me on. This was awesome. This is my dream come true. Hey, did you know LA is sunny? It is. And I like it. <laughs> Jeffrey, what uh is there anything that's going on with you? Do you want to plug anything? Let it rip. Do whatever. Our credits are all over the place. It's sure. Fun. Well, speaking of LA, if anyone is in the LA area on April 27th, Nightmare Presents is putting together a show at the Largo. Uh, you can get more at nightvalepresents.com. Nice. We're going to be having a brand new story from Welcome to Nightvale, and it is going to feature Mara Wilson, who plays the faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home. It will be an exclusively Yay. faceless old woman story. We'll have an original performance, or original story for Within the Wires, performed by Lee Lebreton, and we will have an original Alice Isn't Dead story performed by Jessica Nicole. So you guys can come check that out. And the other thing is, Joseph and I are starting a new podcast, which comes out on March 22nd. It is called Start With This in which we talk about some writing things and then we give listeners uh, to assignment something to consume and something to create. So we wanted just to spark people's interests in getting their ideas moving, creating new ideas and just keep writing and making things. So if you've really thought to yourself, man, I wish I had more homework, go listen to <laughs> Jeffrey's new podcast. Well, Jeffrey, thanks again so much. We really appreciate it. And that is going to wrap up this segment of the guest edition of That Actually Happened. Jeffrey did it. That actually happened. Thanks, y'all. Wow. Jeffrey Craner, what a man. Look at all these reassignments and realignments of team nicknames to cities that make sense. It's incredible. It's so realistic. Mm -hmm. I love it. And we definitely are not recording this before doing that part with Jeffrey, so we know exactly where everyone ended up. I'm glad you clarified that because it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) So... That is going to qualify as our That Actually Happened segment, which leaves three on three. But there's two of us to talk about it, so it's going to be a little different this time. Blah, 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 blah. It's a contest. We love contests. We're going head to head, so we're going to call it three on three, because that's (laughs) still a head to head competition. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. Yep, there it is. Glad you, I can't believe you came up with that on the fly. But, but so good. the three and the three are not the best and the worst of something. It's just me and Eric picking our favorite of a particular subject. So we put our heads together and try to pick something that was very fun and funny and amazing. And we decided to cover the three best and the three also best NBA ejections that have ever happened in an NBA game. I'm so excited. I'm very excited as well. You can get ejected from the NBA in a lot of different ways, but basically you can either do one thing that is so bad they kick you out or you can get two technical fouls and then you get kicked out for soccer people technical fouls is like the yellow card and then the red card you get two yellow cards Mm -hmm. it equals a red card exactly so in order to determine who goes first we're going to play rock paper scissors now are you a normal person where you do rock paper scissors shoot or are you the worst person on earth i am a normal person okay good good rock Rock, paper scissors shoot i have lost oh rock rocks a baby Mm, you get to go first my dude i'm very excited mike i feel like when you and i do this we have different themes about how we're going to approach this so Mm -hmm. i really dug deep and i found the things that brought me joy that people would get ejected for okay like an an entertainer (laughs) See, and I went with the stupidest ones. Exactly. So, yes, you can see. These kind of overlap, but my intent was entertained. And you were like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Only the silly things, please. This one is called, touched your butt, get out of here. Ooh, 
This was a preseason game. Oh, baby, stakes are high. Super, super high. <laughs> Between the Raptors and the Suns. The two people who got ejected here are Grant Hill and Reggie Evans. Okay. So Grant Hill is on the Suns. Reggie Evans is on the Raptors. They've kind of gotten into it. They scrapped it up. And they got technical because they were jawing at each other. Okay. In the next play, Reggie Evans still guarding Grant Hill. Grant Hill gets fouled on the play. In response to this, Grant Hill gave Reggie Evans a sarcastic ass slap. Just like, get out of here, you. Apparently, (laughs) Reggie Evans did not like getting his ass slapped, so he responded with a harder ass slap to Grant Hill. So the referee was like, hey guys, you're professional men, and this is September. (laughs) Hey, why don't you guys stop grabbing each other's ass? And then he ejected both of them. He just threw him out. He's like, hey, stop butt touching and leave my game. Now, to put it in context, the ass slap is something usually done in sports as a go get em, tiger. Like a coach will slap someone's butt or a teammate will slap your butt. It's usually yeah. a good thing. But there's so a code. Done, yeah. There's a code here, mm-hmm. which I think what Grant Hill was like, I'm going to inflict this code upon you. And mm-hmm. Reggie Evans is like, no, no, no. Yes. You can't do this to me. And the ref was just like. Guys, please there, leave. There is no, I, it could be one of two things. It's like, sons, please stop grabbing each other's ass and get out of here. Or it's like, I will have no butt touching in my game. Or it could be they are disrespecting what the butt touch should be standing for. And he does not like that they are not doing it properly. Official Bill Kennedy hates hates it when you disrespect the sanctity of butt touching. Butt touches are supposed to be supportive. <laughs> It's only nice things. Only nice things. Only encouragement-based butt touches in my stadium. So, like, that is my first draft pick. It is uh, the curious case of the careful... Benjamin Button. Careful behind caress. I couldn't find another C. There it is. That was pretty close. So now that I've lost the rock, paper, scissors match, that means I get to go last. So I'm going to save the best for last. That's fair. Instead, I'm going to keep on theme, and we're going to go with one that also involves slapping. So (laughs) this one took place between the Nets and the Raptors in the late 2000s. Vince Carter was playing for the Nets, and he was playing against his old team, the Raptors. Mm -hmm. There was a point in the game in which Morris Peterson, who used to be his teammate, got a technical foul for arguing a call with the referees. So after that play took place, they run on the court, they're inbounding the ball a little bit later. And since Vince and Morris were friends, Vince is standing next to him during an inbound play. The ball is dead. And he very jokingly slaps Morris Peterson in the face. Kind of be like, oh, come on, silly friend of mine. Why did you argue so much that you got a technical foul? And Oh, sir. <laughs> you rascal. So slaps him in the face very playfully. And then Morris Peterson, as a good friend should do, does a return playful slap in the face. A very light one like, ah, yes, I noticed that you have slapped me in the face. I will return the slap because I am your friend as well. Unfortunately, the referee only saw the second slap and thought Morris Peterson was still grumpy and just decided to slap Vince Carter in the face, and he got a second technical foul and thus ejected. Both Morris Peterson and Vince Carter run to the ref to try to plead, we're friends, we were doing this as a bit, it's a joke, we promise, sir, and he was having none of it. Morris Peterson was ejected, and while he's leaving the arena, he rips off his jersey and then throws it into the stands and does a spin pirouette 360 that's very graceful, but he's very angry while he does it, so it's beautiful but also fierce at the same time. And then he leaves the arena in a very grumpy stupor, and I will play the YouTube clip for you to watch now. So My favorite part of that was the announcer going like, hey, there were those four around. Wow. <laughs> it's very good. Obviously, the videos of all of these will be at the episode page on horsehoops.com. There's a few things in the video that I love. The announcer is going, hey, they were just fooling around. They're just best friends. Vince Carter trying to dodge the second slap, which makes the slap look more dramatic. Yeah. And then also they zoom in on Vince Carter's face when the ball's getting inbounded the second time after Morris has already been ejected. And he's can't hold back laughter and is shaking his head like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. And the camera gets all of it very zoomed in on Vince Carter's face. 2005, 2006 season. What a time. <laughs> Mike, that was weird. You just showed me a clip of Black Swan. That was, that was really weird. I don't know why you... This is a basketball podcast. 
Is it though? <laughs> it's Michael. The, the movie podcast is next episode. <laughs> you know, Mike. It's funny. Actually, we're just gonna pivot into an entire three on three on masculine touching mm. and why that's okay and <laughs> how to negotiate that. But I'm gonna take this in a little different direction. What I liked about this: two men who are friends who are trying to defend each other within the confines of the game. And the thing that is so complicated about NBA ejections in this sport, as opposed to like football, tennis soccer, other things that have a very defined referee. It really just comes down to the referee saying whatever it is. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no appeal process. Right. Sometimes, though, referees take it too far and they just want to get in your face. And Mm -hmm. this is all the problems we're talking about the referees now. Right. Here is what you should do if your friend gets yelled at by a referee. The Suns are playing the Thunder and a ridiculous exchange happened between Zabian Dowdle and Aaron Brooks and the official Ken Maurer. For anyone listening, both of those people, not great at basketball. They're not. But Aaron Brooks is a hero, and you'll see why. (laughs) So according to... It's really hard reading newspaper articles now because I'm just like, where is my information? And it's like, oh, look at these sources I have. Get out of your newspaper. According to KTAR sports radio talk show host John Gambadaro, which is also my favorite meal at Papa Seafood Kitchen. Nice, nice. um, The referee told Dowdle to stop being a little bitch. So a ref said this allegedly to a player player after like they were complaining. It was the last minute of the fourth quarter. And I guess they were complaining about some call or whatever. So the ref told Dowdle to stop being a little bitch. Terrible. I don't know. Not great. Ridiculous. So Dowdle, of course, came back at Maurer. Maurer immediately ejected Dowdle. Mm -hmm. Brooks, being a bro, decided to respond and trying to stand up for your teammate. Well, you can't spell Brooks without bro. Without bro. It's right in the middle. It's right at the beginning. You can also spell bruise. <laughs> B-R-O-S. Bruise is in there. You can. Or, or rube with two O's. Or rook. Robs. Or sock or with no C. Cobb with K with a K in the beginning. Nice. As Aaron Brooks walked away, he did a subtle crotch grab <laughs> to show Bauer his displeasure. <laughs> and then he was just immediately ejected from the game. <laughs> That is great. That is fantastic. But my favorite part about it is his response. I'm going to show you the video and then you're going to see my favorite part. He looks genuinely happy to leave the game early. He's like, yeah, I can go take a shower. (laughs) My favorite part about it is his response. So he walks away to the other side of the court towards his locker room laughing. And then he waves to the crowd like, I did do that. And it was very funny. And everyone on television also thought it was funny. That's very good. So sometimes you just got to stand up for your bro when you're talking to a terrible referee. And you just got to grab your junk in displeasure. Okay, for my next one. You think we should announce it? Like, for the second pick in the second round. <laughs> we'll have to do that in the future. Of the kicked out of the NBA draft. Well, it's funny that you say kicked out. Because oh. this next one involves kicking. And might I remind you that kicking is against the rules in basketball in all forms. You can't kick the ball or people. That's not how you play basketball. I learned that. I didn't know that. You know who didn't care about that? Tracy McGrady. So Tracy McGrady was playing in a game against the Denver Nuggets. And he went up for a layup that was blocked by a player on the Nuggets. There was a lot of contact on the play. Tracy goes falling afterwards. They called no foul. The ball went out of bounds. He was very upset. He thought that he was fouled. So the ball was just sitting on the court. And before the referee or any player could pick it up, he runs over to the ball and just kicks it into the stands like a (laughs) field goal. He kicked it really hard, really freaking hard, and just launches it into the stands. That is a technical foul. He gets one immediately. Interesting, really. (laughs) So the ball went sailing into the crowd, Mm -hmm. but someone from the crowd threw it back. Nice. At Tracy McGrady. So while he he needed his ball back. (laughs) I mean, that's just being courteous. While he is yelling and getting held back by his teammates, he sees the ball coming back in from the stands. He runs up to the ball and catches it and then takes two steps, lays it out, and punts it back into the stands. So he has done both a field goal and a punt Mm -hmm. of a basketball. That is another technical foul. He is thus ejected. I can't believe that they were going to let him stay after he kicked the ball all the way. I think now, if that happened in this day and age, once you kick it once, you would get ejected. This was a sign of the times. This is That's like the sign of, like, first grade gym. Like, I don't know... (laughs) 
Tracy McGrady needs to go to the principal's office. I don't know. He really does. The best part about it is last year he talked about it when he was on The Jump, which is the only good show on ESPN. He's a regular guest there, and they were giving him flack about it when they were talking about LeBron getting ejected. And they kept playing the clip over and over again, and he revealed it was the night he scored his 10,000th career point. (laughs) (laughs) So what a memorable night, especially because he probably got that game ball back because it was his 10,000 point. So he tried to get rid of the ball twice, and I'm sure he still has it now. (laughs) I just take it out when I want to kick the ball. I don't. Don't show me the video. I want to imagine it. I'll watch it on my own time. I mean, you have to watch it because there's a key moment where when the ball comes back, his, he's being held back by his teammate, Jawan Howard. Mm-hmm. And Jawan Howard has his back to where the ball's coming from, so he doesn't realize what's happening until he sees Tracy charging forward, and then he realizes it, and he tries to stop Tracy McGrady from getting the ball because he knows what's going to happen. Something that Zach Lowe pointed out in that episode of The Jump is that Tracy McGrady looks at the ball after he kicks both of them to like make sure they're good kicks. <laughs> now, Mike, my final pick is the thing that I'm the most excited about. Okay. I focused mainly on player ejections, Mm -hmm. but for this pick, the final pick of the kicked out of the NBA draft, I would like to show you what happens when a mascot gets kicked out of a game. What? (laughs) Whoa. No way. Yeah. 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 Let's start by saying this mascot is nightmare fuel. Is it the Brooklyn Knight? It is not a contemporary mascot. No, but it demonstrates how terrible a man in a costume could be. Oh, man. Is it the chicken from the Curtis Blow it music video? It is the chicken from, from basketball and Curtis Blow. So this is from 1991. This is the Washington Bullets. So oh. this is even before Washington changed. What was their mascot? A gun? No. <laughs> that would be bad. It doesn't really matter what happened during this game. Basically, two players and the coach got ejected in succession, and it tipped the score of the game. Washington called timeout. The mascot, who is known as Hoops... Nice. Signaled with his hands for noise from the crowd, who obliged by raining boos upon the officials. That's good. The officials then saw Hoops inciting the crowd at the same time that the Washington Bullets officials did. And it was a combination between the refs and management of the Bullets. They threw out Hoops. Why would the Bullets agree to that? They he was. They don't like booing. <sighs> now, Mike, here is your nightmare fuel. This is a video of hoops. I want to demonstrate what it looks like when a man in a costume is trying to look contrite as he is escorted out by 1991 security. That's hoops. Oh, that's terrifying. Mike, what does hoops look like? Hoops is a man with a basketball for a head and a large hat that says hoops. He's wearing pretend sunglasses and then his body is a rim with a net. That is terrifying. He looks happy and sad at the same time and he's grumpy. (laughs) Interesting. And he's getting escorted away. My favorite part about this is that like a man in like a starter Z jacket who is security in the Washington Stadium in 1991. That's the 90s. They have to like make sure he leaves because Hoops is he's very rowdy. He is a rowdy rim boy. Jeez. (laughs) I did not know that was even possible. That's fantastic. I'm glad that's in my life now. Listen, I got a mascot on my team. I don't know what else you have to do. Oh, I've got the best one. I'm ready. It is probably the most infamous and my favorite of all time. You know how Tim Duncan is really calm and quiet and doesn't do anything? Yeah, Tim Duncan loves Dungeons & Dragons, and he has a Merlin tattoo. He's my man. Not surprised. He went to Wake Forest and got a four-year degree. He's he's my big nerd. I miss him. Tim Duncan is amazing. He's one of the most calm players to ever play in the NBA. His version of arguing with the refs is just having his eyes bug out. That's his quintessential move. There's been many NBA commercials playing on the fact that he is so mild-mannered. There's some really great HEB commercials, and then there's a really good Foot Locker one where it's about the release of a new shoe, and Tim Duncan is like, I'm so excited, I just knocked over a plant. And then he picks up a plant and then places it down on its side. I love him. (laughs) It's very good. We'll put a link to that in the episode My large, classic power forward son. So, Tim Duncan, wonderful human being. Joey Crawford, scum of the earth. He yep. is a ref that is notoriously known for being awful and ejecting people for no reason. There's been a plethora of bad things that Joey Crawford has done. Thankfully, he is retired and he does not grace the NBA courts with his presence anymore. And we don't have to worry about how garbage he is. Yeah. So, this game. Spurs versus Mavericks. Tim Duncan gets this ridiculous foul call, and he does his quintessential bug-out-eyes Tim Duncan move. 
He rolled for charisma. Get it? <laughs> nice. Dungeons and Dragons, Michael. I'm proud of you. You're now in your wheelhouse. So later on in the game, he's sitting on the bench. And one of the players on the Mavs goes up for a layup. Guy in the Spurs just puts his hand straight up, but they decide to call a foul anyway. Again, another egregious foul call. Tim Duncan is sitting on the bench, and he laughs at this foul call. He gets a technical for laughing at the call made by the referee. I know this story, and even hearing it back, I'm just like, that's not what it was. Like, that's not a thing you can say. So just laughing, very ridiculous. I got ejected from a baseball game once for doing a similar thing. Uh, An umpire made a very bad call, and all I did was stand up and put my arms to the side to signify, like, what the heck was that? And I got ejected. I was 11. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, and I put my arms out and be like, what's wrong with you? I said something to the effect of, like, what the hell or, like, what kind of call was that? Nothing. I didn't call the man anything mean, but I got ejected, and I was very confused. What kind of laugh would justifiably get you kicked out of an NBA game? What if it's like a Will Smith laugh? Ha ha Or Denzel left? Ha ha! My man! And then you know. threatened him. The other great part about my baseball ejection was that my coach, who was the bench coach, said, hey, don't throw him out of the ref. I'm the bench coach. I should keep them more in line. Throw out me instead. And then the umpire said, you want it too? You got it! And threw him out as well. And like, well, Very reasonable man umpiring a game of 11-year-old children playing baseball. He's having a great time. He's just living he's the dream. He's obviously working some stuff out. <laughs> what if Tim Duncan, and like we just didn't know it because Tim Duncan's a very sneaky man. What if he did like a, a, an evil laugh? Ooh. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's your demise. <laughs> if you watch the clip, it's a very condescending laugh. I support it. I don't think it should have been a technical foul, but the story does not end here. So the technical free throw takes place, and the player on the Mavs, misses it. Tim Duncan claps and laughs because, as the wise prophet Rashid Wallace has told us, ball Ball don't don't lie. lie. Later on in the game, Tim Duncan is on the bench again, and there is another ridiculous foul call. Tim laughs a little bit more heartily. He has a towel that he was using to, like, wipe up sweat and stuff, and when this foul call happens, he giggles and, like, moves his legs, like, jittering around and then covers his face to try to hide his laughter. Did not work. Joey Crawford saw it and then ejected him, and Tim Duncan was very surprised and has this genuine look of, did I really just get a second technical foul and ejected for laughing at a grown man? And it's very funny and very confusing, and even the announcers are like, what? It's a beautiful a wilting giggle <laughs> it's gosh it's so funny it's so pure i'll have to skip because this video is like five minutes long i feel so bad i also love that this guy is just like tittering in the corner nba legend <laughs> tim duncan is just like <laughs> <laughs> it's so good oh, it's my good. favorite ejection ever and it was the inspiration for doing this segment at all and this was so much fun so I think this was a very good three and three. It clearly was a tie. I don't think that either of us won this one. I don't know. I'm going to talk to my main man, Hoops, and we'll go get back to you. I'll go talk to Tim Duncan, who's giggling in the corner, even though he's seven feet tall. That would be truly terrifying, is Hoops standing in the corner <laughs> with the lights off going, hee Oh, the combination. Oh, man. Well, that's the end of this segment and the end of this episode of Horse. Whoa. Look at that. We did it. Look at this journey we've come on. It's true. Mike, I don't like what you just said in that copy. You're out of here. Oh, uh, it's fine. Macho Man Randy Savage, who is now the referee. <laughs> You're teed up again. You're out of here. I need to go home and eat dinner anyway, so this works out just fine. Get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The music is by Bettina Campomanes, art by Allison Wigman, and website by Kelly Beckman. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Teal, Misha Stanton, Brianne Wingate, Berger, Skylar Jorgensen, Gladiator Vader, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, and Akano. And thank you to our special guest, Jeffrey Craner of Welcome to Night Vale and Good Basketball Things. Yes. Mike, if I wanted to change all of the basketball nicknames with each other and I wasn't able to tell you in person, how do you think I should contact you? Social media. Yeah, with social media. You can find Horse on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops. You can find our website at horsehoops.com. And you can find us on Twitter at horse underscore hoops. Because as we say, after every single episode, it's because... That one jazz fan and his wife were racist. Well, or maybe homophobic. But uh, who knows? But it's because horse hoops was banned. banned. So pretty much what we said. Mm -hmm, Pretty much. 
You can find bonus content over at patreon.com slash hoops where we turn three on three into five on five overtime where Eric and I talk about basketball and live streams where I kick Eric's butt at NBA 2K19. That's so hurtful. Why it's, would you say that in front of our friends? It's very true and very fun. For you. Definitely for you. Mike, you know what's the name that I would never trade? Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Yeah, but another name would be Multitude. Multitude. Multitude is an audio collective of awesome people. We make shows about things that we love, but that does not mean we can't be critical of them. That is Horse, that is Join the Party, that is Potterless, that is Spirits, and that is Waystation. If you want to find us online and you want to listen to our shows or you want help making your own show, check us out at Multitude.Productions or on Twitter at Multitude Shows. And as we do every episode, we're going to put our hands in the middle and say something in the count of three. And I think at the count of three, we should Tim Duncan giggle. <laughs> so we should go tee or we should say Oh, we Tim should Duncan. go tee Okay. One, One, two, two three. three. That's a technical foul, Mr. Duncan. You can't laugh at me. I'm a grown man. Ha-ha! Will Smith, what are you doing here? <laughs> my man, my man. Denzel Washington, why are you here? I want to see this more about the friends of Duncan. How did you not turn into Macho Man Randy Savage already? Oh, yeah. Oh, there he is. Now we can end the episode. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.